Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hyper-sexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, Benji and I are waxing intellectually about the topic of curiosity and how important curiosity is in order to produce the emotions of love. It's actually a prerequisite and how you can use this framework. It's really clever. But it's such a clever blueprint for understanding how to have better relationships with yourself, with the people in your life, and with God at large. It's somewhat revolutionary in its simplicity, but it's effectiveness. So please listen all the way until the end. And if you do, I'll give you a cookie. Not a physical cookie. Just every time you come to our website, we'll make sure that we follow you and stalk you. Just kidding. Please enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. And today we're going to talk about something very special. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very curious, Andy. That's a good sign because this is all about curiosity. This stems from a conversation that I had with a fella, young man, actually. I don't know if he's older or younger than me. Cool guy from Ukraine. His name is Eugene. Shout out to Eugene. We needed a coffee. I need to find out. We'd met each other in various places around America, and then he showed us around Ukraine pre war. And so we have like a history of always seeing each other all over the world. But now he lives in Denver where I do. And I was like, we need a coffee. So we went out. And one thing that came out of that conversation, the main thing that I really got is that curiosity is the precursor to love. It's like the kindling. If the curiosity sparks, then love is created. And from that little concept, you know, it's these little things, these ideas that feed us, right, Benji? And the work that we do, we cling on to them because... For us, we're kind of in the trenches doing this work. When you get semblance of an epiphany, it fuels everything that we do because it keeps us fresh. I just wanted to talk about this idea quite a bit. And I've been bringing it up in my boot camp a lot. It's been like a week, but I'm incessantly talking about it. And here's why. Okay, you and I got into a subsequent conversation in when we met in Chicago and we were in the back seat of Reverend Takami's car. Drives a Ferrari, by the way. And we were in the back seat. You're outside hanging onto the back. Based on this framework of how curious you are is a great indicator for how much active love you're feeling in whatever relationship you're in. Is like this blueprint that you can put on any relationship to measure how well you're doing. The first thing I thought about was my wife. How curious am I about what she's feeling, what she's thinking? And I realized that we'd been too comfortable. And because of that, we weren't curious enough. And because of that, we weren't experiencing enough loving feelings day to day. It's more like, oh, it's a Tuesday. What's for dinner? Blah, 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 blah. This middle ground that you don't want to live in that space. But we'd had too many days that were too similar. And we stopped being curious. And because of that, we weren't benefiting the sparks of love that you get when you really love somebody, right? Yeah, actually, when we were having that conversation, what came to mind was a conversation I had with my wife the day of our matching. So I asked her, what's your favorite color? It's a basic question. And I remember the feeling of being curious. What's yeah. she going to say? Like, <laughs> I really, really want to know what your favorite color is, you know? And of course, I don't remember what she said. Ah, um, uh, She said, she said fall, fall. All colors. Anyways. The season, so that, not the second the chapter. That elicits right. in me. It's like that curiosity like how can we replicate that every day right let's say you went full-blown ooey gooey nerdy wordy for your wife and she's like oh i like this color and then the next time you see her, you're wearing that color that's curiosity mixed with a desire to want to provoke right. emotion and elicit love 
And that's how fun starts. But you contrast that against a relationship where you just like, you're filled with assumptions. Oh, I know exactly. If I say this, you're going to say this. And then all you have is these presuppositions, these scripted narrative where you're just replaying the same scene again and again and again in this broken loop. And it's the exact opposite of loving feelings that are produced, right? You've been in a conversation where you're like, what is happening here? We've had this conversation a million times. I hate this conversation. Why are we doing this again? It's so much in every way the opposite of curiosity because curiosity is the unexplored. Curiosity is not knowing the other end of a question. So that was the first thing, right? But then if you think about in different ways, are you curious about yourself? I find that too few people really are. They have all these assumptions. Hey, why do you watch porn? I don't know because I'm horny and I'm young. You didn't think at all about this, did you, right? Like, what's behind that? <laughs> I don't know. It's my impression of every teenager in the world combined. When people start going down this path of sexual integrity, they start to understand the emotions behind their actions. That's curiosity. They start to look at the patterns that they developed for 5, 10, 15 years. And they start peeling back their own history. That's curiosity. Where did I come from? Where did this habit originate? Why have I been holding on to it for so long? All these are questions based off of a desire to want to know. That's curiosity. Can you talk about that? Like, have you noticed that correlation between progress and curiosity in the guys that you help? I think it is one of the defining factors of whether someone will progress or not is how willing they are to not let those little things slide self-awareness and the anger and we talk about this a lot you know instead of seeing my habit or relationship with porn masturbation as i'm addicted or i'm not addicted because if we think like that it's like anytime that there's even a slight slip up or a misstep or one of those micro decisions or micro relapses the immediate thought is like oh i'm still addicted to this i'm still an addict but if you look at it through the lens of continuum or spectrum of how am i progressing and how much am i learning how much am i growing then every mistake is can't be seen as like, oh, I'm still a failure because then it can be seen as what am I learning? What can I learn from this? And I think it's the people that are curious about their emotions and get excited about that stuff and really, really genuinely excited to learn more about themselves and not just as a chore. Like one guy I'm working with, his whole North Star is I want to understand myself better. Mm. That's his North Star. So he's making it a way to perceive that experience as exciting. So every day I ask him, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? And he's like, I'm looking forward to checking in again, like about my emotional state and how I'm doing. And he gets a thrill kick out of just figuring out his emotional state. This guy's going to win because if you have that mindset through every aspect of your life, you can't lose. Like if you have curiosity through mm -hmm. every element of your life, you can't really lose because you're going to continue to go forward and grow and learn new things and meet new people and do awesome stuff. Lifelong learner. You were dogging on me for watching sports videos <laughs> you're harping on me and i don't really but this next one is in contradiction to the aforementioned statement which is i saw a clip of kobe bryant somebody asked him what's like the consistent theme amongst all the greats why are they great and he said it's love it sounded like a really cheesy answer but then he dug deep into it he's like you can take away the money you can take away the fame you can take all that at the end of the day it's the love of the game it's learning new things it's perfecting the craft and that's curiosity. So to him, they're synonymous. Love and curiosity were synonymous because without the love, there is no curiosity. 
that just validates the point that curiosity and love are interlinked. And in this case, it's curiosity is a good precursor for love because you can be curious about many things and not go all the way and not feel love, right? I think a lot of people are very curious about many things, but just passively. A continued curiosity generates love. And this is a really important point because I was talking to a few guys this past week about their North Star goals. And I would love to unpack this just quickly. This one guy has a vague North Star goal that he knows is his North Star goal, but he doesn't feel it. Because I asked him, what do you have in your life that pulls you as strongly as porn does? And he couldn't really think of anything. The closest thing, number two, but it was a distant number two, was his North Star goal, which was something specific, right? It doesn't elicit the same emergency kind of reaction that porn does. Putting up all these barriers, but porn is still calling him loudly. And he will end up breaking down those walls that he just built to get back to porn still because he doesn't have anything else that is calling him as urgently as that, right? So why I'm bringing this up is because he hasn't invested the love into his North Star goal or the curiosity to create that love. So that's what I was like, well, throughout your day, you have a lot of small wins that you can generate based on your North Star goal, but those small wins aren't good enough. Like putting down your phone when you're about to just zone out for the next two hours, that's a small victory. But if it's just a small victory unto itself, it's not that valuable because eventually you're going to go back to your old habit. But if it's connected to your North Star goal, then it's got a deeper meaning and it's a small action. So now they're connected. Now there's synergy between the big, the macro, and the micro, the small action. And that is creating a kind of loving relationship. It's creating energy between you and your North Star goal. And this energy is really, really important because you're feeding it and it's becoming stronger. And you're also weakening the pull that porn has on you. And this is a process that actually is quite common, that it's not all or nothing, like you said, binary. It's not like I just stop and then forget about porn for the rest of my life and then I'm just going to devote myself to my North Star goal. It doesn't really work like that, at least not the people that we know, right? More, it's like a siphoning of your bad habit and it's reallocating those resources, that time and energy, those emotions to something that you really care about. That's through curiosity and that produces love so that it actually becomes easier to invest in your North Star goal because it gives you good feelings back. In the beginning, you might not get those good feelings, but if you invest over time, then the energy starts to be created and you start to have good feelings about this thing. And you start to feel less excited about going to porn. Does that make sense? Yeah, so having curiosity about something is a spark to learn how to love the thing, which becomes more yeah. the alternative, which is to run away to porn or whatever. Exactly. So if you don't have kids, it's still good to give birth to something and that's your North Star goal. And that giving birth process is you spending time with it, giving yourself the best of yourself to something. And the more you do, it's like principle. It says the more you love something, the more beautiful it becomes to you. So the more that you invest in your North Star goal, the more it will start to give you back beauty. It'll start to become beautiful. Your life will become more beautiful because you're loving it actively. Yeah. And it becomes more enjoyable too. Like if you think about the people that are super, super fit in your life and they just seem like insane about fitness and it's not usually because they have disproportionate amount of willpower usually that's a factor but i think mostly it's because they enjoy it more than most people do like yeah. what reason does a bodybuilder have or someone who's over the top fit or in sports or in athletics or in the gym 
what reason do they have to continue to level up their game other than they enjoy the game itself? Yeah. And I think that for me, my own fitness journey, it's like I've been through the process of trying to jog and trying to run and feeling like I have to do X, Y, Z because that's what healthy people do. Realizing I absolutely hate running so much that it's actually detrimental to me because any association I have with exercise is negative. And that was for like a long time or was doing other types of exercise that I dislike. So I feel like I've found a life hack where I just do stuff I enjoy doing. For most people, that's enough. And it's definitely better than doing absolutely nothing. So my perception of what this thing is more enjoyable and therefore because of the curiosity, because of the love I have for it. And now it's just like, I'll do it any day, no matter what, even if I'm tired, even if I don't feel like it because it's actually a genuine thrill for me. That's like an example, but I've seen guys like one guy in the program has his North Star is to learn how to sleep better because he's identified that's an area of issue and he wants to master sleep. So he spends his time researching about sleep and getting excited about figuring out how to sleep well and have good quality sleep and how to sleep fewer hours and get the same amount of rest in a shorter period of time. Stuff like that, right? And it just becomes more of looking forward to the act of sleeping just because he's focusing his attention on being curious about what it's like to have incredible sleep. We think mm. about your father, for example. That's something he probably mastered. A guy who sleeps a few hours a night, he has something that he's doing that he's figured out. The curiosity to figure out how that's possible and how I can do that for myself. And that's kind of what this guy's North Star is for himself. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. It's important to be curious if you're married with your spouse, with yourself, but also with God. I feel like a lot of people, they're like, I'm not feeling it, feeling my faith. I'm not connecting with God. And it's like, well, how curious are you about God? The real truth about God, not the one that anybody else said, but like, have you dug deep to discover that for God to really speak to you in a very personal way? That takes some digging, man, because you have a lot of concepts that you have to empty out in order to get to that truth. That takes curiosity, not to have an experience that you want, but to have the experience of what God is trying to give to you. It's the same exact thing with your kids. If you try to manipulate them to tell you what you want them to tell you, then you'll never get to know who they are. Instead, if you're just curious about who they are, they'll reveal themselves to you. And it's very shocking. It's a lot of times way different than who you thought they were. But that curious mindset filters into every aspect of life, right? The small and the big areas. So even, yeah, what foods are you putting in your mouth? So many people are sick because they eat the wrong food because they don't listen to their body. The body tells them clear signs. Oh, I just farted for the past three days straight. Probably shouldn't eat whatever it is that caused you to go so fart crazy. It's really good. These small things, right? Gurgling bellies, dry mouth, not drinking enough water. There's all these signs that we have constantly and we just don't listen because we're not curious enough to know like, how are you doing today? Mouth, belly, legs. Oh, do I need to stretch more? Thanks for telling me legs. We don't ask. Just the point about God and curiosity, you sparked an idea or a memory I have talking with the guy who's in our community, second gen, young guy. And we we're talking about faith in God. You know, he was telling me he's agnostic. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. So does that mean that you've tried to find out who God is genuinely trying to figure that out? And he's like, yeah, I tried. I was like, so what did you do? He's like, 
well, I want to gap your program. I want to a program for a year to figure it out. And then I decided that God isn't real. And I was like, <laughs> sounds like you're actually atheist. <laughs> That's an atheistic approach, right? And he's like, no, I'm still figuring it out. And I was like, well, it sounds like you stopped looking. I'm saying this with love to this guy because we're having a good yeah. conversation. And he was curious to know what my thoughts were. I was like, it sounds like you stopped trying. You stopped being curious to find God. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, so what do you think of everybody that does believe in God and spirit world? He said, I think everyone has just justified their beliefs, made up the justifications to believe in something for some person, whatever. And I was like, interesting. And then we ended our conversation. I said, wouldn't it be sad if you lived your entire life believing that there's no God, there's no spirit world, and then going to spirit world and then realizing that it was true? I put that on. I was like, think about that for a second. And he said, yeah, if that was true, that would be really sad. I was like, well, that's the cost of not being curious about trying to figure out who God is. And so I was like, you know, if you want some advice, don't give up. If you're really curious about this, if you're genuinely curious about this, you're not just going to say everyone's just crazy, essentially, that believes in spirit world or God, then try to still figure out and don't give up. Because looking for a year and then deciding your entire life that this is not for you, that's a big decision to make for anyone. Yeah. Because that gives context to every decision of your life, right? Think about that. The context of there is an afterlife, there is a God, and love is the most important thing that we bring with us into spirit world. That is a lens through which you can look at life that will inform and dictate many, many, many decisions in life. But if you look through the lens of, oh, everyone's crazy and there's no meaning to life or the universe or anything, it's a bit sad, I think, to not be curious. Yeah. And I know I've got a few agnostics in my life. I've grown to understand that agnostic means too lazy to care, <laughs> really. Because like an atheist is like, here's what's true. There's no God. And then you're like, all right, great, cool. But agnostics are kind of like, meh. And, you know, practically speaking, most of us, I think, are agnostic because we are too lazy to have an updated viewpoint on who God is today. Not yesterday. Definitely not three years ago. So practically speaking, in the Bible, there's a lot of Jesus quotes in particular that emphasize having a see through children's eyes, have a children's heart. Those with a child's heart will get into heaven or something like that. But the whole idea is like seeing life with curiosity. And again, it's just the precursor to so much fun. And all assumptions are the precursor to kind of borders being built in your life, walls being built. It creates division, not unity. Curiosity creates unity. It's good to do inventory and to look at your life and to be like, where in my life have I made too many assumptions lately? That's actually the most scientific way that we could go about it. That's why the modern day explanation of science on the internet in many cases is like the assumption that this argument, whatever it is, is settled. Let's not talk about it anymore. Science has settled it. It's like the most anti-science perspective you can have because science is, by definition, curiosity. It's methodical curiosity and experimentation based on an assumption. Oh, I think this could be but I'm willing to be wrong. That's true science. And if you approach life like that, that's actually the purpose of religion as well, is religion gives you a framework. It's like a thesis. But in order to discover whether any of it's true or not, you have to be scientific. You have to experiment curiously and be willing to be wrong a lot and be willing to be right sometimes too. But when you live like that, everything's exciting because everything's new because you don't know what's going to happen. Again, I think I mentioned in this podcast called Jazzing from Soul. I love it. I love a life of jazzing where you like you're working together, give and take with life. So let's go practical. Benji, which areas of your life have you not been curious enough about lately? Well, just based on what you were saying about being agnostic, I didn't think of it like that. 
And I think generally life of faith is more about to what extent and how much do I believe in something rather than do I believe in him or not, which is the binary thinking. We mm -hmm. think like, oh, he's a believer or I'm a believer or I'm not a believer. Yeah. It's understandable why some people fall out of faith. People are like, oh, that guy was such a great second gen and he went to college and, and then lost everything, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> it's not that he was a believer and then wasn't a believer. It's just that the extent to which he believed in the thing wasn't strong enough to combat the other beliefs that are coming into our lives constantly. I think life of faith is simply just the daily discipline of reaffirming ourselves over and over what is good and what is healthy and what is beneficial to ourselves and to our family. And in the terms of life of faith, it's like reaffirming our conviction in God, our conviction in the things that we're doing. So for me, it's like to an extent we're all agnostic at times. And the life of faith for me is figuring out what my beliefs are and having the conviction every day. And being curious to understand who God is to me and what God is speaking to me day by day. And that's something I do struggle with. I try to make effort with, but I have not been 100% invested in that. Even though I believe personally, it's really important for me. If you do something enough times, it's inevitable. It's part of the our laziness. We start to cut corners sometimes. We don't have the same approach. We don't have the same adherence to rituals we once did, right? My meditation has really slipped over the past maybe four or five months where it's becoming more of a chore. Before it was like how I breathed. It's how I survived. I think two mornings ago, we were with our kids. I got really aggressive with them because they were just whining a lot. And I realized that them being annoying, like if they're fighting or if they're just not listening, sticks to me if I don't do my meditation. And I haven't been doing it. I'm reaping the rewards of my laziness, which is more frustration, more anger and this kind of stuff. You know, with meditation, I'm like, oh, I've been doing it for so long. Say that about prayer. Say that about hunduke. How many of you guys do hunduke every day? The more assumptions you have, the more stagnant your life will be. The more curious you are, the more love you'll be producing in every area of your life. Because you're seeing life fresh. You're seeing life anew. And that's a blessing. So yeah, anyway, this concept is very practical, actually. And again, it's a framework. If you look at, okay, how's my relationship with my best friends? How curious am I about them? There'll be a direct correlation between that and how much genuine love you have just bursting out of your heart. Shimjong, bursting out of your heart for that person. It's based on how curious you are thinking about what are they up to? How are they doing? How did this thing go that they said that they were going to do all this, you know? But also your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your bed, your relationship with physical things, your relationship with everything, especially the important stuff. How curious you are is a direct correlation with how much love you feel. Maybe a practical mental test we can do or exercise people can do is think about what is the impact not having curiosity has had on my life. And I think until we can figure that out, it's hard to understand why it's important to us. Does that make sense? Because it sounds sure. good in theory, but until you feel like, wow, I have been uncurious about my wife or my partner or my parents or about God or about my sexual integrity, myself. And the mm. result is detrimental. And when you really realize that and feel that in your life, then that's the spark to change direction. And I think that's what true repentance actually is, is realizing the impact of our decisions and then choosing to go against that trajectory. I see this often in myself growing up. I always felt like, especially in conversations with people, I know what this conversation is, especially in my youth. <laughs> I know where this conversation is. I know this topic, whatever. And then I started noticing that those conversations just ended abruptly because there's no give and take, because there's no curiosity now that we talk about it. 
sometimes we talk to people and they're agreeing or disagreeing with everything you're saying. Like, I know this, I know this, I know this. And it kind of just ends like that. And I've seen that in conversations. I noticed that in conversations. So I've kind of learned to not do stuff like that because it's so distraughting to experience that sort of thing. It's a helpful exercise. Think like, what is the impact of being this way in my life? And is that something that I want to continue with? That's a great point. So yeah, everybody, please be curious, especially you were the sexual integrity people. So that's somewhere where you can definitely start in your own sexual integrity journey. How curious are you about why you do what you do and why you don't do sometimes what you would like to do and why you do stuff that you don't want to do? Start looking at that. That's a great place to start because that says so much about your character, so much about your habits your beliefs, you know, all this, and then expand from there, go into friendship, go into wherever. And it's really fun ramping up, turning up the knob of curiosity and turning down the knob of assumptions will make your life extremely vibrant and exciting once more. All right, everybody. So thank you for listening. I hope you're curious. Hey, I got some feedback last week. I got some great feedback. People are giving us feedback. Keep it coming. If you have any topics that you want us to dwell on, anything at all, just let us know. Reach out to us. Admin at highnoon.org. It gets to us. All right, everybody. See you next time. Hey, before you go, I wanted you to consider checking out High Noon Connect. So if you go to our website, highnoon.org, you'll notice, first of all, we have a brand new website, which is beautiful. And also, you'll notice that there's the opportunity to join High Noon Connect. The essence of what High Noon is morphing into is a community. We are better together, and sexual integrity involves other people, okay? If you're struggling with pornography, you need the help of brothers and sisters, of people in a community dedicated to helping lift you up. And even if you're not, if you're in a relationship and you just want more intimacy, more love, more joy, or if you're single and you just want to be a person that can live according to their values in the area of sexuality and you want to be around a group of people who are fighting in the same way, then please go to highnoon.org and sign up for High Noon Connect. There's a free version and a paid version. We want to make this as accessible as possible. And we're a nonprofit, so we're not trying to make a buck here. We're just trying to create a community off of Facebook that gives a focused conversation, focused energy, focused attention on building sexual integrity as a cultural intention. So go to highnoon.org. We'll see you there.